What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. It's time to get into the weeds with the Cleveland Browns, the Bills' opponent in Week 10. Big one here, an important one. They're all important in the NFL, and this is the next one on the schedule for the Bills as they hope to get to 7-2. and two. Let's start with the nuts and bolts. The game is played on Sunday, November 10th, 2019, 1 o'clock Eastern time at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, Ohio. Game will be broadcasted on CBS. Andrew Catalan, the play-by-play guy. James Lofton, the game analyst. Amanda Bolanis is the sideline reporter. The teams have met 21 times, so this will be the 22nd all-time meeting between the two teams. Cleveland has won 12. Buffalo has won nine, but the Bills have won four of the last five. Bills, of course, entering this game at 6-2. and two, uh, Played their last three games at home, and the Bills are on the road after winning uh, three in a row so far on the road this year. To start the season, they're searching for their fourth win in a row on the road, something they last did in 2004. The Cleveland Browns are 2-6, and six, and uh, that is not the, re- the, the record they're hoping to have at this point in the season. They entered this year with a lot of expectations Baker Mayfield in year two they added Odell Beckham and Sheldon Richardson and they kept their offensive coordinator Freddie Kitchens as their head coach and there's a lot of belief that this team would be a contender potentially or at least a playoff contender in the AFC and they've they've started the year two and six and, and very disappointing but a dangerous team because they are extremely talented which we'll get to here as we discuss the roster uh but two and six they started the season with a loss uh, to the Titans, 43-13. to They won in Week 2 against the Jets, 23-3. They lost to the Rams in Week 3, 20-13. Week 4, they beat the Ravens in Baltimore, 40-25. to So that's what this team can do. Baker Mayfield passed for 342 yards in that game. Nick Chubb ran for 165 yards in that game. And they won 40-25 to in Baltimore, a game that uh, I think in hindsight when we look at where these teams are now, Maybe you're surprised to hear that. Week 5, they lost to the 49ers, 31-3. Week 6, they lost to the Seahawks, 32-28. A tight game there against a good opponent. Uh, Out of their bye week in Week 8, they played the Patriots and lost 27-13. Last week, they lost 24-19 at Denver. So they return home in Week 10 for a game against the Bills. Looking ahead, they play Thursday night against Pittsburgh, um, at home. So they've got a, a big one after Buffalo, a divisional home game that I'm sure they'll want to play well in. Um, this team's head coach is Freddie Kitchens, 44 years old, first year as an NFL head coach. Um, he was a longtime college assistant before he got a gig in the NFL, 2001 to 2003, running, his back, running back coach at North Texas, 2004 to 2005, Mississippi State's tight ends and running back coach. 2006 Cowboys tight ends coach, 2007 to 2012 he was the Cardinals tight ends coach, 2013 to 2016 he was the quarterbacks coach for the Cardinals, and in 2017 he was the running backs coach for the Cardinals. So he had a long run, 10 years with the Arizona Cardinals, a lot of time with Bruce Arians there, and then he became the Browns offensive coordinator and running backs coach in 2018. And now he's their head coach. The team achieved a lot of offensive success with Freddie Kitchens last year after Hugh Jackson was fired. And uh, they you know, wanted to keep that continuity with Baker Mayfield. 
and promoted him to be their permanent head coach uh, for this, uh, you know, moving forward. Uh, so far, he's one of six on challenges. Uh, so there you go, one and six on his challenges so far uh, in his career as a head coach. And he has the most penalized team in football, 75 penalties in eight games, a ton of penalties, a very sloppy, undisciplined team. So they shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit. They're very low in turnover margin, the most penalized team, and uh, discipline not necessarily their forte. At quarterback, Baker Mayfield, the number one pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the year Josh Allen was drafted, Sam Darnold, Omar Jackson, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield went number one overall. So far with the Browns, he's 8-13 as a starting quarterback in Cleveland. Uh, pressure matters when it comes to Baker Mayfield. You've got to be able to get to him and affect him because when you do, the results are very favorable for your defense. When you don't get to him with no pressure so far this year, 196 attempts, 65% completion, 8 yards per attempt, and an 83 passer rating. Under pressure, 75 attempts, completion percentage of just 43, 5.3 yards per attempt, and a 40.8 rating. So quite the, the steep decline there when it comes to pressured Baker versus non-pressured Baker. This guy's not playing the same way he did last year. Uh, you know he's got a better supporting cast, but uh, the offense looks different. And he's not having the same success. He's turning over the football far more frequently, scoring far less points, and um, just very erratic at times with his ball placement, which was not something we saw from Baker last year. He looked really good as a rookie, and he's regressed so far this year. Uh, In terms of play action, 27.2% of Baker Mayfield's passes come in the play action variety. That's 14th in the NFL. He has an 84 passer rating when it's play action. So, a pretty decent uh, passer under play action. He's a better passer with play action. Uh, he's average time in the pocket so far this year is 2.61 seconds, and extending plays has not been kind to him. When he holds on to the ball for longer than two and a half seconds, his passer rating is just 66.7. So a guy that was good last year extending plays, keeping them alive, good in college extending plays and keeping them alive, not the case so far this year. He's, he's not been that same type of player. And uh, the longer he holds on to the ball, the worse his results get. So it's it's a, it's one of those things where you know what this team is capable of in terms of what Baker Mayfield can do, and you've seen it at times this year. Obviously, the Baltimore game really stands out. But the reality is he's been inconsistent. He turns over the ball a lot, and this team has been plagued by penalties. You get nervous because once they wake up, they're really talented, and they can, they can be a very dangerous team. But right now they're not playing well, and I think it's very important for the Bills to make sure that they continue to not play well and don't give them any life or hope. You need to really put it to this team, put the pressure on them, allow them to beat themselves, don't beat yourself, and allow a sloppy team to be sloppy. Are you the type of fan who knows football so well that you can choose any game and call it? Well, my bookie is the place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball, it's time to get off the sideline and get in the action with my bookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win than they do. Tired of watching games from the couch with nothing to gain? MyBookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit 
$2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Again, promo code Locked On to take advantage of MyBookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk about this Browns offense that is coordinated by Todd Munkin, 53 years old. He's been coaching since 1989. A ton of experience in a lot of different places. I don't want to mention it all because it is a very long list. Uh, some meaningful experience that I think you may be interested in. Wide receivers coach for the Jags uh, from 2007 to 2010. He was the Bucks offensive coordinator in 2016, 2017, and 2018. In 2017 and 2018, he had top 10 offenses, number nine and number three. So a part of that really good mix when, you know, I know that they didn't score a ton of points, but they moved the ball very effectively with Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, uh, very explosive over there, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, so he's coordinated good offense in the, in the past, and so has Freddie Kitchens. He's been around a lot of good offense, uh, whether it was the Browns last year or, uh, you know, his time with Bruce Arians in Arizona. So far this year, the offense has not been too good for the Browns. 19 points per game, that's 25th. Third down conversion percentage is 30.6, that's 29th, almost dead last. 346 yards per game, that's 19th. 121 rushing yards per game, that's 13th. 225 passing yards per game, which is 17th. Their weapons, a very dynamic group of skill players. Uh, they have two good receivers in Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. Both have been targeted 63 times exactly this year. Odell Beckham on 63 targets has 39 receptions for 575 yards and a touchdown, 77.1 rating to his coverage or to his to him when he's targeted. And, uh, you know, look, everyone's talking about Odell Beckham and not having a great year. Well, he's on pace for nearly 1,200 yards so far through eight games. Jarvis Landry, 63 targets, 36 receptions, 555 yards, a touchdown, a passer rating of 58.6. So you can see the inconsistency with the results. Neither one of those guys are generating a very good passer ratings when they're targeted, but they've still made plays. You know, Odell Beckham has had a couple of big games this year, 161 yards against the Jets, 101 yards against Seattle. He had 87 last week against Denver, 71 against Tennessee. So, He's not been necessarily peak Odell Beckham that we saw with the Giants, but he's been a, a good player. Uh, same thing with Jarvis Landry. He's on pace for 1,100 yards. Uh, he's had some big games, 167 yards against Baltimore, 75 against 49ers. So he's he's producing. Um, we know what type of player he is. He's a, a yards-after-catch guy, a, a short yardage option, knows how to, to create after the catch, very physical player. Um, and so you know, the Bills will have a lot to deal with in those two uh, talented wide receivers. They don't throw the ball to a whole lot of other wide receivers. Antonio Callaway has been back. Uh, he's been in four games. He's a very explosive, fast, 4-3 type speed, can get vertical. Uh, he's gotten some chances in four games, but I think only 15 targets. And they don't throw the ball much to anyone else. Rashard Higgins is a guy that was successful for them last year. He hasn't been part of the mix this year. So uh, some unusual things that you wouldn't expect to be true about this Browns offensive unit, but uh, really when they throw the ball to receivers, it's Landry and it's uh, Odell Beckham. At tight end, they'd love to have David Njoku, but he's not available. He's injured. And they have Ricky Seals-Jones and Demetrius Harris as their tight ends. Neither uh, very exciting players, neither of them high picks, uh, but they're being productive so far this year. They've both been targeted 14 times each, 
and they have combined for 209 receiving yards and four touchdowns. And their passer rating when those guys are targeted is over 100. So I, I'm sure that the Browns are probably becoming aware that throwing the ball to tight ends has been something that's worked well for them, and they need to do it more. So while they haven't been a huge part of the offense, they've been productive when given chances, and it could be something that uh, they start to realize there in Cleveland. You can see some of these tight ends to get more of an opportunity to make some plays. Now at running back, they've got the dude. They've got Nick Chubb. This guy's been awesome. In terms of catching the football, he's been targeted 30 times, has 25 receptions for 161 yards, 803 rushing yards in eight games, 5.2 yards per carry, 3.58 yards after contact. He's unbelievable. He's one of the best running backs in the game, and he's productive. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a dual-threat guy in terms of being able to catch the football and run it. He's explosive. He's powerful. I mean, 3.58 yards after contact is is really good. Um, so it's going to require the Bills' rush defense to be sound because he's really good. He's like a younger Adrian Peterson. And that type of style, that type of physicality, knows how to find space. He runs square, and he's big and fast and explosive. I mean, I, I have a ton of respect for Nick Chubb as a running back, and um, Bills are going to have to bring it. I mean, big game for Tremaine Edmonds, big game for Matt Milano. Run defense, these defensive linemen need to stay in their gaps and and they need to get downhill and, and tackle these linebackers. So this is going to be a big challenge uh, with Nick Chubb. I mean, I can't overstate it. He's outstanding. And they have Kareem Hunt back this week, which is interesting because Cleveland really hasn't let anyone else besides Nick Chubb run the football. I think Dontrell Hillard in eight games has 13 rushing attempts. Meanwhile, it's been the Nick Chubb show. And so they're expected to give Kareem Hunt some run and carve into Nick Chubb's workload, to which I say, good, because Nick Chubb's been outstanding. Go ahead and take carries away from him and give them to someone else. I know Kareem Hunt's a talented back. We saw that with the Chiefs, but you know, a few guys have been as productive as, as Nick Chubb this year, and uh, anything that eats away at his workload I think is a welcome thing for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, what's difficult, though, is we don't necessarily know exactly what they're going to do with Kareem Hunt, who can catch the football and good inside and outside runner, good contact balance. So they've got a heck of a duo there at their disposal now. Um, and hopefully it comes down to Kareem Hunt shaking off some rust and taking away from uh, Nick Chubb, who's been a very consistently outstanding player so far this year, coming off 131, 131 yards against the Patriots, 122 against Seattle. Like I said already, 165 against Baltimore. This guy's been awesome. So it would be a big part of what the Bills have to deal with this week. Now their offensive line hasn't been too good. Uh, their their left tackles, Greg Robinson, he was benched last week for Justin McCray. Justin McCray played horribly, and now Greg Robinson's back into the mix at left tackle. Uh, at left guard, they have Joel Bentonio, who is one of the better offensive linemen in the league. Uh, so there's there's no way around that he's outstanding. Their center is J.C. Treader, who's a really good starter, uh, experienced player in this league. Their right guard, you guys know this guy, Wyatt Teller. Uh, he's He's been worked into the lineup replacing Eric Cush, who's been horrible this year. So Wyatt Teller factors to get his second consecutive start in a row. The right tackle is Chris Hubbard, who has, has really played poorly this year. And I think Browns fans will will tell you their biggest need is offensive tackle. You know, I do draft stuff, and, and so I, I'm familiar with team needs. And I can tell you Browns fans are asking me daily, who are the good offensive tackles in the coming class? Because they might need two of them. So uh, the real opportunity to find success – against this Cleveland offensive line is, is against their left tackle, Greg Robinson, 
their right tackle, Chris Hubbard. And, I mean, you got to challenge Wyatt Teller. They're at right guard. Only a second start. Uh, still a young player. Their experienced guys, J.C. Treader and Joel Petonio, those guys are rock solid. But you got some chances to affect some of those other guys uh, where they're not as not quite as uh, as stout and, and as talented. So there's your your opportunities to beat this Browns offensive line. Uh, in terms of just attacking this offense, I mean, I think you have to affect Baker Mayfield. I think it's a clear course on how to do it. There's three uh, possibilities on this offensive line in terms of areas that I think where they're pretty weak and soft. And um, you need to make sure that that timing and that chemistry and rhythm doesn't start coming to life with with Landry and Beckham. You got to be sound on the back end, and um, you know be be in situations where you can frustrate those guys, make them press, uh, let them continue to make mistakes, and and put themselves behind the sticks, and and just be a sound, a fundamentally sound, technically sound football team defensively this week. And you know you can handle a really good group of skill players. Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is the one that that's the one that gets me to to be a little nervous about this game because of where we see the Bills run defense right now and uh, what type of player he's been so far this year. Need to tell you about our sponsor today, Blue Chew. Now you can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a deal for you. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code Locked On. Just pay 5 bucks for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, let's shift gears now to defense and special teams. This team, the defensive coordinator is Steve Wilkes, 50 years old. Uh, first year as the Browns' defensive coordinator, he came over in 2018. He was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. One and done there. Got hired and was fired after one season. Uh, be- before that, he was with the Carolina Panthers uh, from 2005. Excuse me, from 2012 to 2016. He was the Panthers' DB coach. 2017, he was the defensive coordinator that replaced Sean McDermott uh, when he came the head coach of the Bills. Previously, from 2005 to 2011, he was a DB coach for the Redskins, Bears. And Chargers, so very much a, a, a player with that Sean McDermott resume to him or a coaching tree. Uh, coached under McDermott for multiple years with the Panthers, replaced him as defensive coordinator. So there's going to be a lot of familiarity with the style of defense that he likes to run uh, in terms of what McDermott does as well. One notable thing uh, about the defense in Carolina, at least when McDermott left and, and Wilkes took over, is it became a more uh, blitz-heavy unit. So I think uh, you'll see uh, a similar style of defense, but also maybe a little bit more aggressive blitzing when it comes to what Wilkes does compared to McDermott. So far this defense, uh, 25.6 points per game allowed. That's 23rd. Uh, 25 sacks, that's eighth, the eighth most in the league. 357 yards per game allowed, that's 18th. 141 rushing yards per game, that's 30th. 
216 passing yards per game, which is six. So teams are running the ball very well against Cleveland. 141 rushing yards per game on average allowed. Now, they've faced some good rushing attacks, some mobile quarterbacks that they've dealt with, uh, which plays into it. But you, you have to look at that and, and realize uh, this is a bottom bottom three rush defense, and it could be a, another good week for uh, Devin Singletary. Looking at their de- defensive line, uh, they've they've got the number one overall pick in 2017, Miles Garrett, who's been awesome for them. I think he's got 10 sacks already in eight games so far this year. Uh, has gotten better every year in the league. He's healthy. He's tough to deal with. I mean, he's as physically gifted of a pass rusher as exists in this league. So Deion Dawkins is having a really nice year over there at left tackle. Well, he's about to face the biggest task uh, and the biggest challenge of uh, of the season to date with Miles Garrett. So he'll have his hands full. You'll probably need to help him a little bit, some chips, uh, some slide protections, things like that. Uh, but this is a this is a big, big test for Deion Dawkins to deal with. Uh, one of the most outstanding pass rushers in the game. The other uh, defensive end is Olivier Vernon, who's been a, a good pickup for them. He has over 30 pressures this year so far, and uh, he's a nice complimentary piece to Miles Garrett. Not nearly as dynamic, but a sound NFL pass rusher. On the interior, Sheldon Richardson and Larry Ogunjobi, a good pair of defensive tackles. Uh, you know, I think I think they're interchangeable. Uh, they both can play three tech. They can both play one tech. Um, and they're versatile guys, guys that can get after the the quarterback and push the pocket, guys that can defend the run. I really like Ogunjobi. I think he's one of the more underrated young defensive tackles in the game. Done a lot of work on him. He went to UNC Charlotte, so I'm quite familiar with him, uh, and I've been watching his film. Uh, there was a game uh, back, uh, was it two years ago, I, I studied against Max Unger with the Saints, and, I mean, Larry Ogunjobi gave him all he can handle. He's a very talented player. And obviously, Sheldon Richardson's an established player in the league. Uh, good, good defensive tackle. So it'll be a good challenge for the Bills' offensive line. They've got four good ones. They don't rotate a ton. Not a whole lot of other guys that get into the mix there. They might bring in Chad Thomas a little bit at defensive uh, at defensive end to replace Vernon or Garrett. They may bring in, uh, yeah, I mean, not much on at defensive tackle. Devore Lawrence gets a little bit of run, but I mean, the reality is it's. It's those four guys, and they play a high, high percentage of the snaps. I think those are the guys you really need to be concerned with and mindful of because they don't rotate nearly to the level uh, that you see the Bills uh, rotating. To give you an idea here on some snap counts, Larry Ogunjobi, 398 snaps. Sheldon Richardson, 367 wraps, uh, snaps. The next closest defensive lineman is, like I said, Devore Lawrence, 151 reps. So yeah, Olivier Vernon, 445 snaps. Miles Garrett, 425 snaps. Chad Thomas, 122. So they they play their their main guys, don't rotate nearly to the degree that you see the Bills rotate. At linebacker, their two primary guys are Joe Schobert and Mac Wilson. Mac Wilson's a rookie out of Alabama that's getting more and more run. Uh, he's flashy. I think he's had some decent moments, but some lapses as a run defender, some lapses in coverage. He's tackling well. He's getting some chances to rush a little bit. He's been effective, but he's still a young player that's growing. I think you need to challenge him as best you can and make him think. Uh, and then Joe Schobert, who's been a good player for them, but he's having a down year. Uh, not, not. I mean, everyone I talk to from around the Browns has, has really kind of said this hasn't been the the Joe Schobert we we've been used to. So he's having a down year, and I think that's you know that comes with some of the challenges that. Uh, comes with playing inside linebacker in a 4-3 scheme. You know, like uh, what's on Tremaine Edmonds' plate is what's on Joe Schobert's plate. And 
a very different style of defense coming from Greg Williams' unit last year to this type of style with Steve Wilkes. So I think those linebackers are still adjusting to that scheme. At corner, they're going to have their main guys available. Denzel Ward, top five pick a couple years ago, a really good uh, man coverage corner, and Greedy Williams, a second-round pick this year out of LSU, long athletic uh, corner that's playing well, uh, much better than he – he had some lapses in college at LSU. I think he's really playing a lot more consistent so far for the Cleveland Browns. Greedy Williams allowing a uh, passer rating against his coverage of 72.5. Denzel Ward – uh, passer rating against his, his coverage of 92 uh, and both uh, giving up reception percentages of less, less than 55. Uh, they've they've been pretty solid. It's pretty solid corners. Um, working back, they missed some time, both of them. They've only played in four games each this year, so they haven't uh, been super healthy. They've had Eric, uh, Eric Murray playing quite a bit, uh, TJ Carey playing quite a bit. Um, so they've got their preferred guys in. Uh, but they've had a lot of different guys that have played. Even Terrence Mitchell, Mitchell has played a good bit this year as well. So T.J. Carey projects to be their primary slot uh, with their with their main guys, Williams and Ward, available. And T.J. Carey's been getting worked a little bit this year, uh, giving up three touchdowns, 112.5 rating against his coverage, over uh, reception percentage allowed of over 72. So uh, you got to think Cole Beasley, right? Got to get the ball to Cole, Cole Beasley. And my goodness, if you get Cole Beasley on Schobert or Mac Wilson, you got a lot of opportunities there. So I think the Bills have a good advantage when it comes to their slot receiver against the nickel corner, TJ Carey for Cleveland. At safety, they got a lot of experience in Demarius Randall, a former first round pick of the Packers, and Morgan Burnett, um, another veteran player who's not always played well, but he's played a lot of football and finds ways to start lots of games. And uh, um, he'll, you know, he's an experienced safety that they have. They played Jermaine Whitehead a ton. As a matter of fact, Jermaine Whitehead, the second most snaps for their defense this year, 500 snaps this year. Joe Schobert's played played 529, and Olivier Vernon's played 445. Jermaine Whitehead was released this week. He's a guy that got into it uh, on social media and made some some pretty disgusting remarks on social media that led to his release. And um, so it's going to be a little bit of a shift for them because they're used to having him in the mix. And so uh, it'll change uh, some of what they do because, like I said, he's played a ton for this team. So, you know, I think their defensive personnel, I think it's strong on the defensive line. I think they have some good corners, some good outside corners, but uh, their safeties are pretty average in my opinion and their linebackers are below average. So, you know, you, you got some chances. You're not going to be – you're not going to be um, – searching for answers in terms of moving the football, there's going to be opportunity against this Browns defense, and you have to go after uh, go after some of these weaknesses, especially linebacker, especially potentially at safety. When it comes to their specialists, uh, two rookies here. They got a rookie kicker in Austin Seibert. Uh, he hasn't missed this year, not a field goal, 14 of 14 on field goals as a rookie. And he's 12 of 14 on extra points. So he's missed a couple extra points, but no field goals. They're Punter is Jamie Gallan. He's a rookie. He's been excellent. Over 46 yards on average. His hang time average is 4.5 seconds. Been a really good rookie uh, punter. He they let uh, hit him being on the team has led them to release Britton Colquitt, who was a long term punter for them, who's really good, who got signed immediately by the Minnesota Vikings. So they got a good situation here with some young specialists. 
their kick returner is Dontrell Hillard. Their punt returner is usually Dontrell Hillard. He's an average punt, punt and kick returner. I don't think there's anything to uh, make you stay up late at night and think about him scoring on you, but they also put in Jarvis Landry uh, situationally as their punt returner as well. So you'll get some some Landry back there if they if they need something uh, situationally that uh, Dontrell Hillard doesn't give them. So there you have it. That's the Cleveland Browns. That's what they offer. That's who they are. That's who the Bills are challenged with this week. So uh, hopefully this was a, a good primer to get you ready for the game and you have a, a good understanding of what to expect on Sunday in a game I know we all hope the Bills can win, get that record to 7-2, and two, and, uh, and and go on a little run here after that Eagles uh, loss. Start stacking up some wins as we get closer to that, that tough four-game stretch uh, coming up in weeks 13, 14, 15, and 16 that we've uh, kind of been teased about uh, how, in kind of a measuring stick for the Bills. So looking forward to this game Sunday, looking forward to that stretch of games as well to see what the 2019 Buffalo Bills are made of. Six and two at the halfway point. That's going to do it for us today. Tomorrow we'll uh, we'll finish up this discussion getting ready for the Cleveland Browns, give you some predictions. We'll talk the banged up Bills on the injury front, which looks really good, by the way. And uh, any other, other leftover thoughts I have will come your way on the Friday show. As always, I kindly ask that you share, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. If you like what we're doing, give me a five-star rating and a couple sentences in the review Uh, to let me know what you like and, of course, let people know uh, who haven't listened to the podcast what they can expect if they push play. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back again for you tomorrow.